Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with another Anna, uh, but this one is from the band Beams. Hey, how's it going? Hey, not bad, Anna. (laughs) So weird, two Annas on a podcast. I don't actually know that many other Annas like in, in life, do you? No, no, I don't. I feel like we're probably having a similar experience. <laughs> um, but we are not here to talk about our names because that would be really probably a boring podcast. I don't really have that much to say about it. Um, we are here to talk about some bad music, which I'm excited to listen to the tracks you've sent. Me too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a different maybe a different feeling for you, which is fine. How long have you been songwriting? When did you first start doing it? I first had the inkling to do it when I was like 13. I really kind of wanted to write Skater Boy, but yeah. <laughs> I couldn't really figure it out. And I didn't know what songwriting was or anything. So I kind of hung up my hat. And then a couple years later, I met a girl who was super into like blues and rock. And we started just playing guitar together. And we started writing little guitar, you know, ditties. Um, but they had no words. And then I'm met another girl who was a poet Mm -hmm. and I sort of started to learn how to write stream of consciousness poetry and then I put them together I would say when I was like 15. Did you take guitar lessons growing up? I learned guitar in grade six guitar class. Luckily our school had a guitar class. Oh that's great. So I learned how to read tab. So when I learned how to read tab I basically was able to teach myself a lot of songs and then this friend that I met in high school, her name was Katie. Uh, I started sitting in on her guitar lessons. So I got to learn things like like the pentatonic scale mm-hmm. and uh, what power chords were and stuff like that. In high school then, when you were like playing with these other people, did your band have a name? It had a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what were a few of them? Well, uh, one of the ones... We actually thought we made up the name Dire Straits. (laughs) That's great. I'm kind of amazed that we made that one up, but it was taken. And then we wanted to be called The Undertones, but that was taken. Mm -hmm. So then we made up The Overtones, but apparently that was taken too. We ended up being The Papermakers, which wasn't taken. So which one do you want to listen to first here? Uh, we can listen to uh, Rock Pile first. Do you want to talk a little bit about this before we get into it, or do you just want to listen? There was We were pretty into the White Stripes. I mean, I, get, I think mm-hmm. that's an understatement. Uh, we were a two-piece, <laughs> a guitar and drums. Um, this was after we had tried to have other band members, and, and that had failed. So mm-hmm. we decided to just play everything ourselves. And this song has a part where we used to creep around on stage and it also has a messed up lyric that I thought it was like more raw to leave it. (laughs) I don't know. There was a lot of like weird ideology going on. There are definitely songs that I recorded where I fully would mess up in the recordings, but just like leave it in instead of just re-recording it for some reason. I don't really understand what (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking at the time because it would have been really easy to just like, you know, do it one more time. Um, yeah. But I didn't. So I well, get that. Well, it's not as real, right? <laughs> right, right. It's not as honest. 
All right. Well, why don't we give this one a listen? It's the fallen time again. Every story has its end. The summer knew us to resist. The time that we would never miss. A win is just around the bed. Such a little voice. Yeah. How did you record this? It was in her guitar teacher's friend's studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, so so they helped make the guitar sound really big. <laughs> Long and cold Yeah, we loved rocking out. Yeah, it sounds like it. It was really fun to play live. Oh my god, I bet. This is the creeping around part. song was about the singer who quit our band. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and we named it Rockpile after um, a place in Toronto where Led Zeppelin had played because we really liked Led Zeppelin. It didn't really need to relate at all. Such a sweet and simple smile. The clock looks empty. Wide. I guess I knew we couldn't have another hard verse. Tell them to your naked feet. Standing on the city street. A little rock solid up high. Love it. Yeah. It's not too bad. No. It's not as bad as I remembered. Oh, we had a great time. And every week we would get together and rehearse. It was mm-hmm. a different, you know, we were pretty much together every day, but once a week it was rehearsal for sure. And we would just order a big medium pizza and mm-hmm. just stink up the basement and play really loud rock music until all the pictures fell off <laughs> the shelves. And her dad would come down with this like potpourri spray and... I would say for the first year of us being a band, her mom would yell down every now and then, like, you guys need a singer. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) We were rebels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind of places um, were you performing? So we're actually from a suburb of Toronto called Brampton. It would seem like every summer, one of the older teens would convince one of the bars downtown to let us all play shows there. So it was kind of like a, and then inevitably that bar would like close like that year or the next year. I don't know that it was because of us. I think it was just right to keep a bar open in the downtown of a sprawling suburb. Places like the Tropic Salsa and the Ivy Bridge <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And then we started playing in downtown Toronto. There's a place called the Drake used to have every Monday, something called Elvis Mondays. 
where uh-huh. they would have a bunch of bands play and it was a free show and they would serve like a big dinner of pasta so like all the broke people could eat mm-hmm. and see some music it was pretty sweet there's a bunch of venues in toronto like the horseshoe and the elma combo was open at that time the boat i played at the horseshoe one time nice. i love they had they have like the little A and W order window in there, <laughs> yeah. where you can get the food while you're sitting in the bar, and that just blew my mind. I loved that. <laughs> I know it's so random. I've never really seen that anywhere else. No, me neither. Yeah, it was so great. I was sitting there with my beer, put in my A and W order, and got it through the little window. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great, great setup. No, that's one of the best, best bars in town for music. All right, so what's the next track you have to listen to here? Lady Matthew and her daughter Matthew, $3 Canadian, Siamese baby times three. (laughs) (laughs) When did you record this one? I guess it would have been, we were like 17. It was definitely getting a bit more complicated in the writing realm of Mm -hmm. structure. And I was also going through a phase where I felt like if I had any perspectives, I also needed to offer the counter perspectives just in case anyone got the wrong idea (laughs) and and it was just a very like overblown but basically katie needed to remember that there were triplets in this song and that's why the number three is referenced so many times what happened to the dead cold night is burning down what happened to the dead cold i also have no idea what this song is about that's what i was gonna ask I also don't think I had an explicit thing it was about. I forget in the first place, so I keep my eye on the time and my feet on the ground. I was really into seven chords. Mm hmm. Really fun. Maybe let this situation down. I can't complain, I can't complain. What about what? <laughs> I think there were definitely like a lot of songs that I wrote when I was younger, when I had like less life experience, where I would just like sort of put some words together or do stuff that sounded interesting to me. And it wasn't really about anything or like, I, I mean, I would write about like, characters in like fantasy novels I was reading things like that too it just was you know about about whatever I could I could come up with I guess and not any like sort of real thing yeah this one seems to be about it's like a vague political undertone Maybe someone's chasing fame. Remember what I tried to forget, like it's not over yet. Something's over. Try to remember what I tried to forget, like it's not over yet. We can try, we can try, we can try to explain, but I forget, I forget in the first place. So I buy on the time and my feet on the core fan group of like 18 people I would say that's great mostly Katie's family and her sister's (laughs) friends did you release like CDs 
Oh yeah. Yeah, we did one. I'm dreaming about something that I designed the art for. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's called Sergeant Matthew. This song is pretty epic. It's really fun to fun to play. Very dramatic. Yeah, it's quite a journey. I'm into it. Sweet. And I try to remember what I tried to I have a lot of respect for a longer song. I feel like I always wrote and still write like pretty short songs generally which isn't like a bad thing it's fine but when somebody's writing writing a an epic sonic journey i i really have a lot of respect for it that's that's good i mean in my case that's good because that's definitely what i do (laughs) yeah (laughs) well for me it's always like if I veer off the path of whatever the verse and the chorus was and I go into a bridge, it's like I gotta find my way back, but I gotta find my way back in my own time, right? in a way that lets each section of the song breathe. And usually my songs end up being about four minutes and 20 seconds. Nice. <laughs> due, due to that sort of process. Yeah. I've learned how to package it up in a bit more of a succinct way. Mm -hmm. I think I was afraid of committing to ideas for a long time. Right. Now that I can commit to one idea of going into one song, I can kind of wrap it up a little bit shorter than that. Totally. That like refinement process. But yeah, so that's Lady Matthew and her daughter Matthew, $3 Canadian Siamese Baby Times 3 (laughs) by the Papermakers. Unreleased that one. (laughs) It reminds me of like those really long like panic at the disco or fallout mm-hmm. boy titles yeah i feel like uh final fantasy had some really good ones and i think that yeah. sufi and stevens actually had some oh absolutely yeah can you think of any that you might have had i don't i don't I'm, i've always been so bad at writing song titles like i think i always would keep it pretty short i don't think i ever really like wrote any that were like super long titles i would just like leave leave a lot of things untitled because i didn't want to have to title it i think during college we had a very short-lived like nothingy band that played like kind of one show and we wanted to come up with like just silly stupid titles even those weren't really long but we would just call them things like slinky red fred or things (laughs) like that which was it wasn't that was one of those songs also that was about nothing slinky red fred sounds like it's about some some (laughs) some slinky red guy you know maybe it was and i've forgotten who knows did you go to music college no i went to liberal arts college um beloit in beloit wisconsin um, just for creative writing. So, oh, nice. Related, related, but oh, for but sure. No. Yeah. I I had thought about going to college for music, um, but I was nervous about music becoming my homework, and mm. also I think I was much more in the mindset of wanting to be a songwriter rather than like a virtuoso at like an instrument. 
And so I think that that was part of the trouble for me because I was like, well, I don't want to like go for piano. I don't want to like go and like Mm, be, you know, really intensively playing piano or anything like that. What I want to do is write songs, Um, which is why, I mean, I quit doing piano lessons probably like my freshman year of high school because of that too. I was like, I want to play Coldplay songs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I did. I went to, I focused on music in high school and Mm -hmm. my instrument was saxophone. And I remember I, I hired this teacher to help me get ready for an exam, like my last year exam. And he was like, you play guitar? That's so cool. Show me your guitar songs. And we had a very fun but unproductive lesson. <laughs> and I had to get, ended up having to get a different teacher who would actually help prepare me for my exam. <laughs> but, but yeah, then I went to school for forestry anyway. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, it's really fun. Okay, you have one more track for us to listen to. Yeah, and this one, it's too bad because I definitely have written many, many, many songs mm-hmm. that are maybe worse than these. So this is like the bottom of the pile that I could find. But unfortunately, I've like recorded things on tapes and then lost them. Right. And I've like recorded things on computers that have then crashed and been thrown out or whatever and... Unfortunately, those gems may never be unearthed. This one is uh, an early Beams song. It's a little bit fun, but a bit strange mm-hmm. and very high for me. But the bass player on it is very good and like plays in a lot of really cool bands. So I guess he liked it enough. <laughs> <laughs> or I paid him enough. But yeah, it's called Where Our Cabin Lies. <laughs> So it's a bit of a departure from uh, the first one. Oh yeah. Quaint. And a little creepy. Yeah. A little, little, little horror movie-ish. A little bit. Like, what happens if they cross the line drawn in the sand? <laughs> That's the mystery. Yeah. No one's ever explored it. song that I think I was writing <laughs> like there's really no other way to dance to this than like this like who's going out and right yeah Ooh. 
what this actually came out of was trying to write a song on the banjo that was framed around a banjo melody. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's what it was. That makes sense, then, that it would come out like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what happens if you pick and strum at the same time. Yeah, so my first thing was guitar and rocking out, but then I kind of, my songs just started getting more and more bloated with parts and seventh chords, uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do, and actually my bandmate from that band gave me this banjo. And uh, I was just like, sweet. I ate it up. I was totally bored of guitar. I just went on the banjo train for many years. Yeah, it can be so fun to like pick up a new instrument, especially if you're feeling like sort of stagnant on the one you're playing. I mean, that's I ended up teaching myself guitar when I was in college because I'd been playing piano for so many years. And piano also is like not a portable instrument. <laughs> um, yeah. And and the feel of like playing, because I had like sort of a shitty keyboard that I brought to college, but I don't even think the one that I had had weighted keys. And even a nice keyboard with weighted keys, like the feel of playing that is so different than the feel of playing an actual piano. And mm. I was like, well, what's something else that I can learn that's like, portable that I can songwrite on and that's going to like feel good to play you know that's not going to feel like well this is like sort of a you know facsimile of the thing I actually want to be playing because you know I don't still don't own a real piano because I'm not going to move one from (laughs) Chicago apartment to (laughs) Chicago apartment it's not going to happen yeah um if I ever own a house then sure but but yeah, it was. It felt very exciting songwriting wise to like learn guitar, and it felt like it really opened it, things up for me. And I was like, oh, I can like write in a totally different way now. So yeah. every time, ta- every time I, you know, pick up a new instrument and try it out, even if it's just like for fun to be silly for a little while, it feels feels exciting. That's cool. Yeah, I can totally relate to that too. What was your first guitar? Um, <laughs> the first guitar I had been somebody lent me one of their acoustics I don't remember to like teach myself over a summer and then I bought uh an ovation acoustic electric like the ones with like sort of a plastic back from one of my friends um so that was my first guitar and then were you talking to Macy about yeah was that her first guitar too (laughs) yeah yeah I worked as a guitar tech for a couple of years uh and like ovations were like oh god Yeah, it was just it was just the thing though. It's like the one that I and it had really high action too. And so mm. once I once I like switched to another guitar, I was like this I've made I made this so hard on myself and I didn't mm. even realize like it was just way harder to learn than it needed to be. Um, it's but amazing then, that it didn't turn you off entirely. I know. I think I just felt so determined to do it. <laughs> and I was like I know I can do this I'm gonna make this happen like I started playing shows on that thing like Mm -hmm. two or three months into playing guitar when I like really couldn't even play it like (laughs) it just you know I think I just like I was like I'm doing this it's fine this sounds great it didn't sound good it was very bad but you know (laughs) right I somehow had a lot of confidence you know playing my two chords like very badly but me too I don't know where that comes from, but I'm glad that it happened. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're so ballsy. I remember this actually, you talking about the high action just reminded me of this thing that I used to do when I was like 14. I would get out of the shower and while my fingers were still soft from the shower, I would sit down and play my guitar for like an hour. I guess they probably dried up in a while. Because I wanted to speed up the building of my calluses by doing it when my fingers were the most tender. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I I really, I very like clearly remember the process, especially with like the guitar with high action and like the process of like building the calluses on my finger and how I would like play guitar for like hours until like I really like could not physically do it anymore. And I was like, I have to get there. It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I Is guess that... I just uh, had a lot of free time. I don't know. Oh, man. I, I, well, okay. So COVID is the first time that I've had this much free time, like since I was a teenager. Same. To just sit and like, I started taking guitar lessons on Zoom or oh, cool. FaceTime. I think we use FaceTime just to like, and it's all like sinking in after this many years of playing I'm finally ready to learn like the kind of the theory behind it Mm -hmm. and more of the technique and it's just sinking in and like this crazy way that I never and I never would have had time to practice like this before. Same. I know it's like weird. I just have been I mean I've gotten like measurably better at guitar the past couple years just because I've been playing a lot more and I've had a lot of time to sit around here and do that as well and it's like weirdly nice like everything about the pandemic pretty much sucks but like the free Mm -hmm. time is helpful you know and I I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise because like I'm a pretty go 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 person and you know you have a job you have your band you have other things that you do friends life whatever like things get busy no it's been definitely been like yeah all things considered having time to practice we're also beams is releasing a record next year and this Mm -hmm having the pressure of like a schedule taking off has been nice because we've been able to like work with artists that we want to like graphic artists and mm-hmm. stuff like that and photographers like on their schedule without the pressure of our schedule beating up against it everything's been happening really slowly but it almost like we have more time to make it the best that it can be so yeah I know I mean this the whole pandemic really sort of threw a wrench in the whole like album touring cycle mm-hmm. thing you know oh yeah did it ever <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah to say the least which sucks but also is like you know there are worse things nice yeah. to have a little more time to work on things and give your attention to them instead of yeah. rushing to get stuff done yeah I feel like I've been on the hamster wheel ever since I can remember. You talked a little bit about this, but how um, would you say your songwriting process has changed over the years? I think that a big thing for me has been like honing in on what I want to actually say in a song Mm -hmm. and trying to get that to be clear. I think when I was a teenager, I was really afraid of actually saying how I felt about something. Now I'm just kind of like, no, that's that's the meat and potatoes of songwriting and connecting, and that's some really important stuff. That's the really important part about writing for me is, like, connecting with someone else who might be thinking or feeling a similar thing and want to hear it expressed. And as a vehicle for 
self-expression and discovery, the more clear I can get about things, the better. Whereas before, I'd be like, oh, I'm upset at this person, but I don't really want them to know it's about them. So I'm going to make them into a girl. And what it's actually going to be about is she's under a cloud, you see? And the cloud is you, actually, (laughs) you know. So I've gotten a little more clear. Um, But it still always just starts with, like, me sitting on my bedroom floor mostly with my instrument noodling around. I'll usually kind of like jot down lyric ideas or just poetic ideas or just poetic ramblings that I can kind of reference whenever a song kind of pops into my fingers. When it's calling up for some words, I start to kind of fit them in and then kind of build around that. That really hasn't changed. I think for me too, the basic thing is still there noodling or sitting down with the instrument and just sort of seeing what happens what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking uh there's a band that i really love from cincinnati called soften i listen to them a lot a lot a lot i've also been listening to a guy named david james allen who we used to play with he used to be in a band called stone trotter Mm -hmm. both of those are kind of like mellow autumn kind of vibes yeah soften is really awesome they have kind of like my bloody valentine sort of vibes going on cool but with very audible and beautiful and decipherable vocals (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of kind of shoegazy stuff i would say what about you i have been listening to the past few days a lot of charlie xcx and the song Body by Megan The Stallion because there's like a TikTok dance trend happening with that <laughs> song now and it's been stuck in my head. And there's this band Slater, like S-L-A-Y-Y-Y-T-E-R. And they nice. have a couple of songs that I've been listening to as well. I feel like I've been in a really like listening to dancey, upbeat, pop and electronic stuff lately nice. for whatever reason. So oh, that's great. That's what I've been on. (laughs) Sweet. Everyone's on their own little waves. Oh, yeah. Trying to hype myself up for the winter, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Whereas I'm just like riding the slow trickle down to the center of the earth in like a wall, in like a haze of guitar. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Listen, I'm sure I'll get there eventually. But right now I'm just like, got to pump myself up to then slowly trickle down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a real treat. Yeah. Awesome. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Coming back like this feels empty. I feel like the air in a glass. Thanks for listening. You can find a link to Beam's music in the episode description, and you can find us on Instagram at badsongwriter and on Twitter at bad underscore songwriter. If you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell a friend about it, share it on social media. That really helps us out. If you are a songwriter who's interested in being on the podcast, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. Hope you have a good week. Happy 2021. Bye.
crumble between my fingers into dust so fine.